I'm Whitney. I'm Mindy. And I'm Deb. We're three best friends who love nerdy things. Well, some people think we're nerdy, but we think we're pretty awesome. This is our nerdiest thing. Hello, fellow nerds, and welcome to our nerdiest thing. Today, we are discussing that time I got drunk and saved a demon, chapters one through eight, by Kimberly Lemming. You're doing great. You're doing great. <laughs> Wait, what else am I supposed to say? I know, right? We are spoiler heavy, so please listen with care. And I, I'm just realizing that when I say that title, it sounds like I'm going to share my own experience when I got drunk and saved a demon. That's the title of the book, guys. I mean, the world is a vast place. It could well, happen. It could. I am a Maybe very not right this second, person. but you could get drunk and save a demon someday. I mean, I guess so. One you do get hope. a little white girl drunk. <laughs> well, before we get into it, Deborah, will you please share about our nerdiest cocktail? Of course. Tonight's cocktail is named Cinnamon Hot Pepper. It's themed after naming your kids after spices. <laughs> and this drink pairs well with saving the kingdom from a false goddess, short drunken nights, and long epic adventures. And it may cause one to become attracted to a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I know I am. And also a werewolf. Is she attracted to the werewolf? I don't, I don't know. know. But no. he seems like he's hot. <laughs> he's a werewolf. He must I be. I feel like somebody's going to be what attracted about to the him. the snake guy? The snake guy seems oddly hot as well. <laughs> oh, we'll get there. Uh, uh, I was like, you know, snakes can like compress their bodies. So he's got that long back part. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Mindy, have you spun the wheel of names? I have, and this week it's you, Whitney. <laughs> it's me. Ah. Well, so I will be responsible for using 60 seconds to give 10 things that happened, a kind of 10-point summary of this first section of the book. Last time, I got a lot of hate for prepping too much, so I really swung the Cheater. opposite extreme. I did not prepare <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, this is going to just be something that we did. Yeah, we're, we're just going to see what happens. Tell me when to start. All right, and go. Okay, number one, our heroine is a cheese lover. I like her already. Number two, we find out that the goddess Maiva uh, basically has chosen heroes that go off to do an adventure to kill demons, and um, maybe they'll die. It's kind of like the Hunger Games. Then we find out our heroine's name is Cinnamon Hot Pepper. That cannot be her actual name, but it is, and it's great. Um, so we find out, number four, the chosen her- heroes are always two men and two women, and they're always super hot. Seems kind of sus. Um, number five, she accidentally saves a demon that she thinks is a person trapped under a landslide uh, and he has fangs and chases her and tries to kill her. She escapes. That's number six. Um, she escapes and we find out her brothers are Chili and Cumin. Ha ha ha. Um, she's also 24 and not a teenager. Hooray! Number seven. The demon just shows up. It seems like resand energy to me. Um, number eight. He says that if you can break a cup and get rid of the false goddess, I'll help you. And then that's all. <laughs> you got through chapter one. Well, I think it was chapter two. <laughs> I did not prepare <laughs> at all. But that was very entertaining. Well, thank you. Very entertaining. Great work. I tried to do some world building for all of our listeners, but it didn't really work out. <laughs> 
<laughs> Listeners, if you'd like world building, read Kimberly's book. Read the book. Yeah, she does you, a better job. We give you prompts a week in advance. Read the book. <laughs> I did read the book, as you can tell by those details. <laughs> Before we get into beyond chapter one, <laughs> Mindy, will you please share our nerdiest vocabulary? I would love to. So this week, I got a little of this, a little of that. Uh, I only found one thing that I thought was worthy of trying to figure out how to pronounce. And it's the lady, the redheaded lady that, that runs the inn towards the oh. end of this section. Because I kept saying Usha. Usha. I, uh, Usha. <laughs> And I was horny. <laughs> no, that's how the songs go. Ushers. Usher. That's where I, Usher is that Raymond. what he says? Yeah, his songs, they go, Ush, Ush. <laughs> Which well, is. I'm turned on. <laughs> where, where my mind went, of course. And I was like, that can't be how it's pronounced. Usha? And it's actually Usha. 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 So that was the only pronunciation. I did have one thing that I wanted to sort of expand on and it's the phylactery which is yes i was hoping you were going to do this work a very very interesting i actually messaged her today to make sure she was because i didn't know how to pronounce it and i didn't know what it was (laughs) i don't know what it is so within the realm of the book it's basically and this is also something that transcends like fantasy worlds it's an object that becomes a vessel through a ritual that actually binds a soul of an undead and in this book it's a lick so it's a horcrux. Basically, a horcrux. yes, oh. yes. So in this book, the the lick has to feed its phylactery with souls. Is it like or lick? I thought it was lick. I think it's like. When I looked it up, it said lick. Lick? Okay, shit. I, I don't know. know. I said it leash. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is one of those that you just said how you want you know to. Meat toast, night toast. <laughs> Kimberly's going to be on next week. We will ask we her. We shall ask her. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I hope it's leech. Can, okay, I'm doing... <laughs> it's probably leak. I'm, yeah. talk, I'm talking deeper about the like. Can I please say like? Yeah, I, I think, I, that's what I just said. You say it however you want to, I think we should all three say it our unique pronunciation. I do too. I like and that. And then next week, Kimberly we'll just, can be like, actually, it's this other fourth option. <laughs> Loosh. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Phylacteries. So, yes. So the, the lick has to feed its phylactery with souls to sustain the magic that preserves its body and consciousness. So there are several other things that this could refer to. Sometimes a phylactery is referred to as a reliquary, and it is a container for relics. And then relics are either the supposed or actual physical remains of a saint or religious figure that could include bones, clothing, or objects associated with the saint. So the kind of stuff that the, they used to sell to like Catholics right. and Christians in the medieval times Correct. or whatever. Correct. All right. All right. It could also be an amulet. And that is an object that protects a person from evil influences or bad luck. So the ones rooted in folklore or paganism, they get their power from magic. But the ones that have been kind of used in mainstream religion, they get their power from being blessed by a clergyman. Hmm. Two totally different things. That's like the necklace in A Realm of Ash and Shadow. Oh, yes. Talked about last yes. Yeah, last month. The next one is called a speech scroll. I pictured like those scrolls that you like un- unroll. Like-, like a Dead Sea scroll. Yes, yes. <laughs> But it's actually a very, very cool thing. In ancient Mesopotamia, it's an illustrative device that marks speech, song, or other types of sound. So basically, this is the precursor to the modern day speech bubbles that we use in comics. But there were some really cool pictures in the one, um, the European one. It actually looks like a little scroll coming out of his mouth with like little figures and 
stuff sure on that's it. That's not like cigarette smoke. Or- <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks like a real scroll. Now the other one, the Mesopotamian one's more like looks more like a question mark. So that was a neat one. And then finally, a phylactery could also be called a teflon. And this is a set of small black leather boxes with leather straps that hold parchment scrolls that are inscribed with verses from the Torah. So they're mm-hmm. worn by adult Jews during their weekly morning oh. prayers. You so start talking I, about leather. I, I know what to say. It sounds know. kinky. I, so I'm going to say for purposes of this book, this is really a reliquary. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would say. Right. So I, I did look up real quick how to pronounce like. So there's two two things that go against each other. Two so because there's an English pronunciation and there's a German pronunciation. So at dictionary.com it's pronounced lich. Oh lich. The German pronunciation is like. Okay. Lich or lich. like. Lich. Lich okay. or like. I'll probably go with lich. But also Kimberly could pronounce it completely different. Yes. Mm-hmm, this so is true. I'm going by like because that's what I've been saying we'll in my just head. Just keep calling it a leash. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for all of that phylactery knowledge. <laughs> I when I first read that word, I was like, "Isn't that like a contraceptive?" And then I was like, "Nope, that's prophylactic." prophylactic. Yeah. I keep thinking from our last season when we kept saying, "Oh, touch my olfactory bulbs, <laughs> the olfactory bulbs." Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's start by talking about our favorite moment. Who wants to go first? I want to go first because I want to state that for the record. I absolutely despise the Huckabee boys, mm-hmm. and they remind me of the O'Doyle rule. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I was so thinking. That's from Billy Madison. For those of you that don't know, what I love about her talking to them though is the banter that Cinnamon has with the one that tries to rob her at the beginning of the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he calls her a ben- a winch, and she says, "Winch, shut the hell up. Who are you, my grandpa? <laughs> no <laughs> one talks that. like that." And then she says. I don't have coins. I should rob you. I'm a farmer, dickhead. Everyone in this area is a fucking farmer. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. So for the record, hate the Huckabees, love cinnamon. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. One too. of my quotes that it was in the running for the quotes and it didn't end up being my favorite quote, but it was from that scene. And it's when she says something like, bro, you can't even make that. You can't pull that look off. <laughs> the cloak. <laughs> with the, with the, Give me your cloak. Yeah, or you can pull that off, bro. Especially with your torn up handkerchief around your face or whatever it was that was funny i enjoyed that a lot (laughs) what about you wit i had two one was when fallon breaks the older huckabee boy's arm that was my favorite one of my favorite moments because it was a real like touch her and die kind of moment which i was like yes i know you're loving the whole (laughs) thing aren't you (laughs) yeah but then my my real ultimate favorite moment is when cinnamon uh wrestles the gator in the the bayou or the swamp wherever wherever they are and fallon is like all right i gotta marry you And like that that's what does it for him. I love I, what that. I love about that scene is that she's naked while she does it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and I, I loved everything about it because she's like, you know, there's one thing you haven't tasted. And he obviously thinks that she's going to be like, it's, it's me. me. Come here, big boy or whatever. <laughs> and then she's like, let me wrestle this gator real quick. <laughs> I love that so much. It's so funny to me. And so I actually did a deep dive on gator wrestling because uh, I course. thought I thought that is such a like Are you super trying specific to figure out how thing. to be more attractive to your husband? Obviously. Gator wrestling. <laughs> like a good little wife should. <laughs> <laughs> I was just delighted by that whole thing. And I just thought it was hilarious. It made me laugh. And I just really love it. It's such a specific 
action, such a random, for me anyway, a, such a random like tidbit to throw in. I wanted to look up more about it. So I thought that it was a great move for the strong, for a strong female main character. So I looked into gator wrestling because I enjoyed the scene so much. So gator wrestling or wrestling has <laughs> actually been around for a long, long time and originated with indigenous people that hunted alligators for food for thousands of years, which makes a whole lot of sense, but I just never thought about it before. I never really put that together. Have you ever I'm had done. alligator meat? It's good. I have. It, it is, is very good. good. It is a delight. Also, you either stab them in the face like cinnamon did, or <laughs> they bite you. Right, exactly. So. so, indigenous people that lived in areas like Florida had to learn to, quote, handle gators because it was just part of their way of life and their existence to eat and not get attacked and killed. And around 1900, indigenous people started to use alligators as roadside attractions to bring in more money as our American society kept moving more and more toward industry and less agriculture. The indigenous people needed money to provide necessities to their tribes. And it was not very clear in my research if these roadside attractions were gator wrestling or if it was just kind of like hey here's an alligator yeah like here's an alligator i really hope it was wrestling because even just being able to catch an alligator safely without getting killed would have been impressive right so i'm not 100 percent sure what that really entailed um but i really i kind of hope it was just come see this gator we caught like <laughs> i i think that's really funny either way it would have been an, an impressive thing and people would have paid money to see an alligator like that not <laughs> not out in the middle of the swamp where they're about to get attacked right so in 1890 St. Augustine Alligator Farm opened and was one of Florida's first themed tourist attractions. And it really paved the way for a lot of the tourist industry that's still in Florida now. They have Gatorland and Silver Springs Nature Park, which side side note, I really hope Silver Springs Nature Park was the setting of the song from Fleetwood Mac. Silver Spring. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I don't. No. Oh my sure. gosh. <laughs> Sing it, Wit. It goes like that. No, it's about um, a a girl who. I don't who, care what it's well, about. No, Sing it. It's uh, I'll follow you down to the sound of my voice will haunt you. Okay, yeah, and I've I heard that song. Yeah, yeah. Dun, 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 <laughs> you know. Thank you for showing us how the guitar is played. <laughs> You'll never get away from the sound of the woman that loves you. And he doesn't because it's her. They're in the band together. Anyway, oh, so damn. Gatorland, right? Gatorland and Silver Springs Nature Park were very popular with shows where they were taming or hypnotizing basically alligators as well as wrestling them. Gator parks and gator wrestling are still very popular in Florida, especially near the Everglades um, Alligator Alley. Especially where they can make the news for Florida man wrestling. <laughs> right? Yeah, nice. which feels like it happens every day. There are tons of gator parks, aquariums with gator shows, interactive features. There are restaurants where they have their own gator ponds where you can watch the alligator swim and be fed while you eat your dinner. I thought you were going to say where you could pick out your alligator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there might be some of those too, but that's not what I meant. Um, yeah, it's it's a huge piece of tourism in Florida for sure. So I wanted to look up more about alligators and bayous, which I don't really think of Florida as a bayou. I think of Louisiana, right? Well, what's do you know the difference between a bayou and a swamp? Because I do not. No. Oh, okay. Well, we'll put no. an article linking to the differences, <laughs> but we don't know. I didn't look that up, but I just don't think of Florida. Maybe it is. I, just, I really don't know. So I wanted to look up more about Louisiana because that's what was in my mind as I was reading the description of the swamp or the bayou in the book, right? So I looked up um, 
more what is specifically described in the book and found this article that's from 2013 about a man named Paul Phillips. Paul is of Shawnee descent and his family has been gator wrestling for over 150 years. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine people being like, tell us about your family? Right. Well, we're professional gator Gator wrestlers. I think I would probably sleep with that guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, if you can manhandle a gator, can you imagine what he could do to me? (laughs) (laughs) He knows what to do with those hands. He lives in Lafitte, Louisiana, and he literally jumps into the water and swims with the gators like in their natural habitat. Right? Well, maybe not. Maybe I wouldn't sleep with him. He sounds, <laughs> yeah. not, he sounds a little reckless. He used to be a commercial fisherman until that big BP oil spill uh, several years ago, yeah. 15-ish years ago, whenever that was. And then he started to be a tour guide for a local tour guide company and so he will jump off the boat into the water and swim and as wrestle part of his tour yes i kind of want to go yeah Isn't me that too cool? i was trying to find because this is you know an article from 10 years ago i was trying to look up if he's still like actively working and i couldn't find any website that would be like paul phillips from the yahoo article <laughs> I hope he didn't yeah. get eaten and I'm, mm. i feel like they would have done a follow-up article about that <laughs> and i didn't i didn't see anything about that but um so he basically just picked up the family trade. He hunts alligators for food and catches them, kills them for to sell and wrestles them as part of his tour guide job. The article said that um, at least in 2013, his 97-year-old grandma was still living and cooking gator stuffed with peppers and onions, which sounds amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, sound made good. Me, it made me uh, want to go down there because I would eat the crap I thought you were going to say she was still wrestling alligators, <laughs> <laughs> which I would love I know, to right? see as well. That would be amazing. So Paul's dad taught him how to wrestle alligators. And Paul said that his grandfather taught his dad, his great-grandfather taught his grandfather, and so on, going all the way back on. 150 years and the little house on the prairie girl within me loves the idea of like a skill like that that you pass on from generation to generation well, my mom taught me how to sew clothes uh, and see, make my own fabric well my dad taught me how to punch a gator in the face like for me though like my kids will be like she taught me how to heat up the pop tart for 12 seconds in the microwave like to get it just the right no. eat okay i'm sorry i have to stop you right there you put pop tarts in the toaster with no that gets yes, too hot no. and too crispy okay. i don't like that the edges are crispy so- and you put butter on that shit and it is I so have done that I good. used to do that as a kid but when I was pregnant with my second I ate pop tarts with butter on them all the yeah, time yeah I used to eat glazed donuts I'm a, with butter I'm a purist <laughs> I, I eat them straight, straight from, from the, the package wrapper. straight from the wrapper well I ate them raw <laughs> Just raw dog in your way through the pop tart. <laughs> so Paul says that in his family, when you turn ten, that's when you start learning how to wrestle Holy an alligator. Shit. Which Your son would wrestle that, alligators exactly. in one year. My son right. is almost. He'll be ten on his next birthday. My son that's will be terrifying. twelve. I can't imagine being like, yeah, that's my son's terrifying. been wrestling gators <laughs> for two, two years. years, right? So my son's seventeen, and I can't even imagine him getting know, near right? a gator. There's no way. He'd be like, bye. So Paul says all he uses is a three-inch hickory knife and calm, and that those are the only two weapons you need, okay. which I kind of love. Yeah. Right? I have never had the calm weapon a Me single either. day in my life. <laughs> Especially not around a gator. I'm, I'm talking on like the day-to-day, like even <laughs> mixing cocktails for you guys. Not calm. Thank you. Anxiety. What if they hate my cinnamon hot pepper cocktail? What am I gonna do? <laughs> so this article, this part of the article made me laugh a lot because there's like a an intro of like this is who this man is, and then there's a QA between the reporter and the um 
Oh, well, and Paul. And it said, <laughs> it made me laugh. It said, the reporter asks if the alligators try to attack him. And he says, and I quote, yes, they're alligators. <laughs> Like he's like, Duh. Duh. you dumb fuck. <laughs> it made me laugh so much. I thought it was so great. So at the time of the interview, so 10 years ago, Paul said that he had never been bitten, but had been taken down one time in a death roll where basically an alligator gets its jaws on you and then rolls itself over, rolls you under to drown under you water, in the water, yeah. basically. Oh, so terrifying. he was in a death roll, but the alligator caught his pant leg and not his actual body. Oh. So the cloth just he was able to tear it away and ended up breaking his arm uh getting out from underneath the gator and like onto back on the boat i guess or onto the land or whatever it was can um, you imagine the people on that tour i mean i would die okay, traumatized he was just getting dinner that time yeah. and not on a tour right so can you imagine just being him for a second and how terrifying that must have been and i was thinking about that trying to stay calm and think about like what do i need to do to save your life right now and i decided that i would just be nesta in silver flames when she's in the bog of worried and just be like this is it <laughs> this, is how, this is how i die <laughs> like, let me wet my pants and then let me drown let me wet my pants first and then let me drown. the good news is, is no one would know you wet your pants that's true well yeah because yeah. you exactly it'll wash it all away so i just that the only thing that had happened to him at this point in his life really was that one death roll that way he was super lucky to get away from and broke his arm that's well, i guess it. Like, like that's, that's your like legacy and that's all your family does that's, isn't that crazy if you know? anyone knows if this guy is still around please message us. yeah i i really want to know so paul says there are two moves that he likes to do as part of his gator show so to speak that really freaked me out so the first one he calls the cajun lawn chair where he <laughs> lays on the gator so his back is on the gator's back and he just puts his arm behind his his arms behind his head like he's relaxing at the well, beach i mean i guess what? the gator can't get to him like that i guess so yeah. but I, i'm like but maybe no. that's also why you got your pants caught right? <laughs> yeah. no thanks so the other one is called the death head which his own dad who was a gator wrestler is like no that's crazy so <laughs> he he opens the gator's mouth with his hands and then like sticks his head in. So, uh, you know, a gator's isn't, jaws are incredibly like, strong. Yeah. Like tons of force. It can yeah. be. Yeah. And that's why his dad thinks it's crazy. This gator's just his friend. He's like, hey, I'm going to be here at noon. I know. <laughs> don't right, I'll give you some like special treat or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 crazy. It's crazy. So he said also gators can run as fast as 27 miles per hour for 30 yards. Dang. on oh land God. which is a long way if you're being chased by were, an alligator I they were slow they're not oh no i've seen one come, have you seen hour. one come out of a of a body of water ever before Fuck no. no i saw one in hilton head one time when we were there it, those things are fast i would pee like, my pants just in the wild or <laughs> like, yeah oh, like oh there was God. like a big body of water out behind our no condo and we were on the porch or whatever i mean we were we went inside we're like fuck that shit yeah no, no <laughs> but i mean it, we we saw it we're like oh there's a gator and like next thing we know it's like halfway to us we're like yeah bye 27 miles an hour is yeah fast right it's insane and when it's swimming, i can't ride my bike that bad. right when it's swimming it's 30 miles an hour so it's almost as fast on land as it is swimming in the water which i did not think that that was the case i thought well, that they were much slower short little stubby legs you wouldn't think i know so um finishing this deep dive out i wanted to leave everybody <laughs> with this piece of advice 
advice that that made me laugh Don't again. This from Paul. This is Paul's advice from <laughs> from this article. He's, the reporter asked him, "What you know? What should you do if a normal non-gator wrestler person encounters an alligator like out in the wild?" And he said, "He said run and at least outrun the person that's with you." <laughs> like paul shit i'm toast you are a legend you are the moment (laughs) thank you so much to paul so i can't imagine being like bye whitney (laughs) see ya i I really want to have you lose i want to have paul on the podcast now i I tried to find him but i would have had to do some real like super creep internet sleuthing and i was like "Eh, i'm not gonna do that (laughs) but anyway Uh, i love that we'll link that article right so Mm -hmm. people can go read it okay cool because I want to read it. Yeah. So that's Gator wrestling. <laughs> good, good job, Cinnamon. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really enjoyed that article a lot. Well, so. switching gears to my favorite moment, which I don't know. I guess that's yeah, very different. My favorite moment is when Fallon's trying to scare Cinnamon. About like going, ooh, what's that? And she's like, what? I like that. And then he, he tells her like scary stories about, you know, this hungry man or whatever. It's like he's a 12-year-old boy in a big scary demon man body. 100% he is. But his story of the hungry man kind of made me wonder if that was a real legend or not or if it was just something he made up. And I actually did not find anything on like a hungry man ghoul like he was describing that couldn't discern between food and humans. But I did find a very odd story about a hermit known as the mountain man or oh, the no. hungry man. Oh no. Like a real life person. It's but not, like, a, real. it's not anything like you think it's going to be. Okay. okay. Good. <laughs> so in don't rural eat people friend. Yeah. <laughs> no, in rural Maine, he was called the North pond hermit or the mountain man or the hungry man. They called him several different things. He was blamed for, and, and he actually did several break-ins over 27 years. Like he would steal everything from food to batteries to paperback books, Playboy magazines. I wouldn't be mad about the Playboy. He actually, I, I think I re- <laughs> he took a mattress one time too. It's fine, right? He, he actually stole a mattress one time too. But a he mattress? was, yes, but he was a very considerate okay, bandit. You don't know what anyone's done on that mattress. <laughs> you don't know if they piss themselves. You don't know. I'm just thinking handling a mattress as one person without getting caught. That's what I'm like, thinking. Stealing like, it from somebody's house. I can't even. Also, like 27 times. We Why couldn't we put him in jail after like three times? This is 27, 27 years. years. Right. Okay. So that's worse. Three years. <laughs> yeah, why worse. Could, like, why did he get to keep doing? Well, it? here, let me let me keep going. I'll I'll tell you. So he he alluded. Keep listening. Keep Deborah. listening. <laughs> no, he he alluded ca- capture for all those years because he was that smart. But he he but he was also a considerate bandit because if he had to like take a door off its hinges to get a mattress out, I guess he would like take the time to put it back on. What a that nice vagrant. I know, so right? kind. Steal my shit. Take my door off, but please put my door back on. <laughs> That's the least you can do. So he did elude capture for years, but when he was caught, it's rural Maine, started back in the eighties. So they okay, finally that makes a difference. they finally <laughs> caught wind of like, oh, we should put some like cameras out or whatever. And so they mm. did finally capture him that way. But his captor was really surprised. He's what would you picture? I would picture like an old man with like Bearded. all these facial hair and like yeah. not like, you know, super ragged clothes. One yes. of the guys from the mean family and Pete's dragon <laughs> that had like the big, <laughs> oh, yes. yeah, yes. that's who I would picture. No, he found a well-dressed and well-fed man with glasses and was clean cut. He looked for all intents and purposes, perfectly normal. Hmm. So his name was Christopher Knight, not Peter Brady from I the Brady Bunch. I was just about to say, 
Peter Brady? <laughs> and he went that whole 27 years without speaking to another human being. Wow. Yeah. So he grew up in a small town in Maine and his family was, and this is, was in quotes, they were a family of brainiacs. So they lived off the land. They were intensely private. They taught, like his dad taught him how to hunt and he took like survivalist classes. And then one day when he was 20 in 1986, he just decided he was just going to disappear. He's not going to tell anybody. He just left. And his family. I'm getting like serial killer vibes. No. His family never actually filed a missing persons report. Like, basically, they were like, oh, he just went off in an, on an adventure. Well, if you don't want to live on the grid, though, you wouldn't file a report. Usually yeah. people that true. live on that's the grid. That's true. They, they didn't want, they didn't want the enforcement. And they don't want the attention Maybe on them at all. Maybe they were kind of like doomsday prepper style right. people. Well, I mean, it know? just seems like they were just like, they were like, well, he knows how to to do all this stuff He'll so fine. yeah also maybe he kept like stealing their shit <laughs> they were like, like oh good no, red taking the doors off and putting them back on <laughs> oh, oh no we don't see you leaving don't go <laughs> so when he was asked why he chose to do this he said it's a mystery i just did it sounds like he has like a this a is bizarre he's he's, yeah. he's a little bizarro he also killed people <laughs> He did not actually, but he would mostly Allegedly. just. Know yeah, well, that's true. He Sorry, would most joking if like his family member ever listens to this. I'm just kidding for the record. I- I'm sure they don't care. They live off the grid. <laughs> They're not listening to a podcast. We're the only thing they listen to. <laughs> so he would mostly just break in and steal things starting before Memorial Day through Labor Day. I guess that was like the time when people would be out there it's time right you know but the reason he gave was to avoid leaving footprints in the snow so he wouldn't be detected well that's smart right so snow melts he basically like hibernated during the the months between that's when he was doing his killing do you think he's a bear shifter Yeah, he actually lived in a tent as we well. Read too much fantasy I know. literature. Well, he probably he could, was a bear. He could blend in if he was a bear for the winter time. I mean, hey, it could work. He admitted that he didn't really take pleasure in the stealing, and he also admitted that he deserved to be arrested for it. Hmm. So, some of the victims of his break-ins actually started like they assumed it was just like some guy that was just hungry or whatever, like a hermit or some like mm-hmm. you know not. Okay, he threatening. wasn't that good of living off the land if people were like if they had to if they put food out for him so yeah so no they did they but no listen this is the best part so they would leave bags of food out on the doorknob for him but he wouldn't take it because he assumed it was poisoned (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i know so he spent seven months in jail for this i hope he also saw like a counselor well He had yeah, to sh- men went to therapy back then. <laughs> yeah. He had to share a cell with another inmate, and he reportedly actually asked to be put in solitary because he didn't want to be around another person. That's I know that makes me really this, sad. This guy did need to see a therapist. Well, yeah, so like, through some shit, it does stuff to your brain yeah. when you don't talk to people. But and he don't have he really wanted to do like that's right. Like he literally that's, that's what, what he, he wanted. wanted to do, and he's hmm. actually like wishes he could still do it. So he also had to pay a fifteen hundred dollar fine and restitution. But he considers his greatest punishment to be re-entering society. Wow. Yeah. So there is a book written about this, uh, if you're as fascinated as I am about this man. It's called The Stranger in the Woods, The Extraordinary Story of the Last True Hermit. And we'll link that in the notes. It's by Michael Finkel. 
Good job, Michael Finkel. Yeah. It, I, I'm very you know what curious. what I'm thinking of? Ace Ventura. <laughs> isn't it, isn't it Roy, Ray Finkel that he like sure. kicks the, he kicks the, um, fuck, I don't watch football. What's the thing where they kick it through the bars? What's that called? <laughs> the field, field goal? goal? <laughs> fucking artist i don't know you know what's funny is we'll get back to it later one of my nerdiest things has to do with football so it's funny <laughs> that you bring that up anyway i can't wait to hear about it really a bizarre story right like not at all what i thought i was gonna find no I do, but I do still get, very i do definitely get, have serial killer vibes yeah 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 he definitely you have to go and look because look the pictures of him he looked all serial killers look pretty normal i know well most of them do yeah some yeah. of them looked kind of looked like we, what we thought this guy looked like <laughs> yeah. yeah like the bad guy in pete's dragon right exactly it was the reason i was afraid of beards but that's Aww, a story wait. for another Aww. day uh, <laughs> i was fantasy movies failed you as a child i did still love the movie though yeah it's a good movie just not that part okay so that's really a good that's a good story Mindy. good I job really i'm need, fascinated by it all now i really need to know what your least favorite moment was like <laughs> what mine was yeah mine's the dumbass huckabee boys <laughs> <laughs> like when they cried like that second time where they stopped her and um brie in the road which again another hilarious name because she sells cheese and then he smack like he says oh boys will be boys and then he Fuck smacks that. her and i'm like what is with the smacking she, of women and she was like well that's just normal he hits me and i'm like yeah it makes me very uncomfortable like, and angry that, it's not that bad and he's like he hit you and you're yeah. okay with this like do you yeah. remember in season one where we talked about propaganda how they're like it could be worse that's mm-hmm. how i felt like she was in this like well he could like stab yeah. me right yeah right well, but she you know i guess she'd been out in the world some but she'd been sort of in her own little world Sheltered. for so long like yeah. that's sort of what but like even though she's a badass and doesn't take their shit she still had to be rescued by fallon which mm. you didn't like that yeah and it's not that i didn't like it it's like I guess we just won't even get into the fact that even badass women like us get turned on by the whole touch her and die. She's mine rescuer. And I'm just a little conflicted about that. (laughs) Now here's the thing. I I like the touch her and die. If, if it's just defense and I still get to do the ass kicking. Right. Personally. And he does let her do the ass kicking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, with the oozy demon, non goddess lady. He also gave her control of that situation. Non goddess lady. He gave her control of that situation with the Huckabee boys too, where she was like, you are, are not going to kill True. him and he was like Ugh, fine <laughs> but i don't and know I like how he promises not to kill anyone as long as they don't deserve it yeah <laughs> yeah it just made me even more mad that our society perpetuates that sort of behavior i mean i can't even tell you how many times a parent from the school where mm. i work uses the he's just being a boy or boys will be boys excuse uh, when confronted with their child's poor behavior it's ridiculous yeah all yeah i mean that's the thing and we talked last week about how women are taught to be proper and have the correct etiquette. Like girls aren't allowed to get away with that type of behavior. Right. Otherwise we're unruly and you know, but you know, but it's a boy and he has tendencies and no, he doesn't. Can you imagine if somebody, you know, a girl was promiscuous and then the mom was like, well, girls will be girls. (laughs) You know what though? We will be. We like exactly like, but that wouldn't fly. Right. You know, you know how horny girls get. Right. Yeah. I mean, he said no, but he meant yes. Like, (laughs) right. Right. Yeah. So mine also Mindy was about like the social commentary of this book. I mean, it's just brutal that humans are keeping demons Mm -hmm. as slaves. And on top of that, 
they're putting collars on the demons to show their ownership. And it's unfathomable to to me that not that long ago this behavior was actually happening to the black population in our country. I, I mean, really, not that long ago. The humans in the story see the demons as a subpar species, and the reliquaries that Fallon needs to break are also keeping the demons from being able to behave in their normal state, which includes being able to speak. Mm-hmm. And the two demons that Cinnamon Freeze asks her why. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, well, why would anyone do this? And she resolutely says, and I love this, my name is Cinnamon. I'm a spice farmer traveling with another demon to destroy Maiva's phylactery. Is that phylactery? Phylactery. He wants to kill her for good. And I'm honestly fine with that because she seems like a real prick. I freed you because slavery is wrong. And even though this book's meant to be humorous, the author writes about some very serious, Mm -hmm. very real issues. And I don't want to get into all this because I don't want to downplay slavery especially uh, you know reading a black author's work but i actually was looking a little bit because i was wondering if there were any countries that still have slaves and if you look into what's happening in the u.s penitentiary system right now Mm -hmm. especially to people of color Mm -hmm. it's slavery Mm -hmm. and i did not it was shocking to me Mm -hmm. and bothered me so much and but again i don't want to go too deep into that because i don't want to downplay what she's writing about here, but it's just appalling that they were treating the, these people of sound mind, Mm -hmm. putting collars on them, trading them off, treating them like they're nothing. And she literally just has to say, uh, cause you're not supposed to do this. Right. And her thing is like, how come no one was saying that? Why did I think this was okay until I met Fallon? Right. And it's the same thing. It's like that mob mentality, right? Like why did people do it for years in this country? That was actually my least favorite moment too. And it, Part of it is I like the fact that Cinnamon is written in a growing up in a space where demons just weren't right. Like they weren't in that space at all. So she has no context for what's going on anywhere else outside of her little town on her farm. Right. Even Usha is that how we pronounce Usha. Okay. Even, even Usha was like, well, that's what we do. Right. Well, and for Usha too, and I guess everybody else that lives in that city, there was no possibility in her brain that demons had any capacity outside of what she could see. Right. Well, what she had been told. Told, Right. 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 And I I think that's why a lot of people are like, well, you know, like my, my father, you know, he was taught to be a racist, but you still know what's right and wrong. Yeah. Right. Right. And so like her not ever being around this and seeing it for the first time and knowing immediately exactly this right. is not okay yeah. like right. at what point in anyone's life do you think chaining another being up mm-hmm. is okay mm-hmm. uh, like it makes me sick yeah yeah <laughs> that was my least favorite moment too yeah but i really liked the way that she um we wove weaved that wove she put it in the story yeah the way the way she wrote it (laughs) Um, no i really i liked it a lot because i really have i've enjoyed reading this book a lot more than i thought that i might because i thought it was silly rom-com exactly very deep book i thought that it was gonna make me like maybe chuckle and roll my eyes a lot you know but it's 
it is so much more layered than mm-hmm. I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And it's so much, even the silliness, like, you know, all the names, yeah. the fact that her horses are smash and crash. I know. Like, <laughs> it, stuff like that makes me laugh out I know. loud. Like, it's so funny, but it's funny in a really smart way. Yes. And she's bringing in all this other really, like you're saying, really deep stuff in a way that still fits with kind of the more lighthearted, humorous part of her writing, but still getting her point across. But it makes you, know? you wait, go, wait stop wait why did i also as the reader go oh yeah they've got them sure up. of yeah. course right right yeah yeah i liked it i liked it yeah it's my least favorite moment but but very I well written, yes, right yeah good job kimberly living <laughs> clap 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 <laughs> that was not sarcastic I promise. As, as i said it i was like this sounds bitchy uh, what about your all's biggest revelation <laughs> i just wrote Fallon is an effing dragon. <laughs> like he literally turns into smoke and metamorphosizes, if that's the right yeah. word, into a large lizard creature <laughs> that can fly. Yeah. And I think the bigger revelation for me was with all the monster romance going or like going on around TikTok, it makes me wonder what his dragon peen is like. <laughs> and I know we're probably going to find out because everyone starts to call Cinnamon Mrs. Dragon. I know. Yeah, I love that. And they were like, well, we're sticking next to you because he, you're obviously his mate. And he's not yeah. going to mess with you, Mrs. Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was laughing so hard at that. I liked that a lot. I wrote down for my biggest revelation, just like all the names. I just thought they're funny. They're just really, really funny. And they're very clever. Like when she said her name was Cinnamon Hot Pepper, (laughs) I was like, no, that's not. (laughs) And then her brother's cute. And then, yeah. And then I was like, oh, that is for real her name. And it just, it's just funny. And they sell spices. It's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I I also love that Cinnamon is what gets him out of his frame. That was one Mm -hmm. of my, that was one of my revelations. Basically the spice is what turns out to keep him calm or any of the demons calm. Yeah. I like that sort of layer. She, as a person, is a calming force for him as well. Yeah. So that was sweet. A, that was a sweet it thing. Sweet. And then my other one was just the, the kind of obvious that Maiva wasn't actually a goddess, but a big pile of ooze. <laughs> she's actually a like, which I'm going to yes. talk about in a second. So, and, and why she's like that. Why, why she's like, like a like. The like. <laughs> why the like is like that. Is like that. Uh, what about spicy scene? What did you guys like about well, I just, the spice? Okay, so nothing actually happened so far in the book. Mm-hmm. But as the readers know, Fallon asks Cinnamon how he can win her hand. And she gives him an arbitrary amount of points that he must earn for her favor, which happens mm-hmm. to be a thousand points. The sexual tension between these two is top notch when Fallon asks Cinnamon how many points he'll get if he goes down on her. (laughs) And he describes it so well. First of all, I'm literally fanning myself as he's doing it. But he describes it so well that Fallon gives him 100 points without him even having to do anything. (laughs) And then thinks to herself, I'm going to fuck a demon demon before this is over. So it was hot and hilarious at the same time. I wrote that quote, that quote down. Like the, I came to the harsh realization. I'm going to fuck a demon before this is over. (laughs) I thought that was, that was one of my favorite quotes too. I think that's really funny. What was your favorite spice? So my first inclination was to write, I need more spice because for a while I thought the spiciest scene was when she spiced up the crawfish. (laughs) (laughs) What does he call them? The, oh, the, the swamp spiders. Swamp spiders yeah. yeah, which yeah. I love crawfish, but if anyone ever calls them swamp spiders, that, I'm yeah, that's not yeah. appetizing that really at all. Make my skin crawl. That's but accurate. <laughs> as it as it went on, I thought, okay, so the demon dirty talk that was pretty sexy. Like, what is it about men? 
teasing with what they want to do that is such a turn on. We saw it with Cass. We can, saw it with Gideon. But if they can say it, that means they know how to do exactly. it. Right. I mean, and maybe that's like, what it is. Otherwise, it'd be like, I go down there and like lick on you. <laughs> in, in, in Cinnamon's words, hot damn. Like, mm. hot damn. You're yep. not wrong about that. You're saying... Like, if they can't describe it, they don't know how to do it. It makes me think of that episode, uh, the Virgin episode of New Girl, where they all talk about how they lost their virginity. (laughs) Yeah. And Schmidt's like, they call me, they call me the sex haver. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you clearly have no idea. Poor Schmidt. (laughs) That poor guy. He's so funny. He's my my new girl MVP. Because I know we're about to talk about chapter MVP. Schmidt's my new girl MVP. Well, I didn't have... I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of spice, but yeah. I picked a different scene that wasn't really spicy. It was just more tension. I really loved the whole interaction when they're like naked in the the, in the swamp, swamp. Uh, right before, before and the wrestling. Yeah, right before the gator, and then right after too, where he's like, "Well, I mean, we're gonna have to get married now. <laughs> now that I've you're seen naked this, and yes, you just killed right. a huge animal. You're funny. You're smart." I've already protected you. Your cinnamon helps me. I can see your body and you can wrestle gators. Yeah. Like, I just enjoyed that scene so much. It's not really spice, but I really well, the, I don't know. They say, made, go ahead. I was just going to say, they also made washing hair super sexy. Yes. Okay. I want to, that's what I was going to say. So there was a really tender moment where he takes her braids out. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because I'm envisioning that she probably has like very tight, like cornrows or mm-hmm. something. And those are also hard to get out. And you have yes. to be very gentle. And the fact that you've got like this seven foot demon with horns. Like, with massive take, hands, probably. Right, taking your braids out, I think is really sweet. Yeah. Well, and also the context of she got uh, grabbed underwater by the same creature that kills her, killed her sister. Right. And I, right? I actually, I'm hoping that comes up again because I want to talk more about that black dog lore. I know. Yeah. Uh, be, but I'm like, I, we can't have a four hour episode. No, so, right. uh, but no. I think... I think her sister comes into play in a big way. I hope so. Yeah, I think I she think does. that would be it's one of my hypotheses. Mm-hmm. Well, so then let's go into chapter MVP. Who did you guys pick? So, I mean, it's Cinnamon, hands down. Like she overcomes her fears of leaving her village. She braves the sludge bitch, kills her by smashing the goblet. She agrees to help this demon and then do it again three more times, which by the way was hilarious that he didn't realize that they weren't done. He was like, What do you mean more temples? <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, she carries an entire pantry in her skirts <laughs> and can cook delicious meals. She's sassy as hell and is freaking hilarious. Yeah, I said cinnamon for all the same yeah. reasons. Okay, so. so I also said that, but I put she's she cusses, she's always horny, and she drinks. <laughs> she might be my soulmate, and I'm so sorry, Mindy. You've been my soulmate for a long time, but until you start wearing skirts with hidden pockets <laughs> know, right? that hold entire bottles of tequila cinnamon just has you beat so this part actually has my favorite quote too fallon says hold on did you just pull an entire bottle of liquor from your skirt and cinnamon just answers yes like why wouldn't i have a full bottle of wine in my pocket right i want this skirt i need you to read this line in my notes what's it say oh my god mindy wrote did she model this character sass after deb (laughs) (laughs) i mean literally if i was like 
on a farm i would be this person yeah percent. Yeah. i'd be like <laughs> well no no uh spider or swamp spiders and alligator can uh be good enough without honey wine hold oh, on duh. i'm in my pocket <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey you know what though i make sure that everyone has a drink in their hand you do you're the hostess with mostest when it comes to that for sure <laughs> did you have other reasons for cinnamon wit i mean just she is the ultimate badass yeah right like i don't see at this moment anyway the same kinds of poor decisions or naivete or selfishness that i've seen in some other main Mm -hmm. characters Mm -hmm. um right now there's not anything that i like don't love about her right you know what, what you I mean? see is what you get yeah i like that i really like her i really really love the fact that she is 24 <laughs> and not a teenager like oh, i God. love that stop it you guys so stop much. it authors they do not need to be 18 and 19 yeah. years old to do this yeah shit. i love that she's in her 20s and i just read an arc and realized the main character was 27 and i was like so I'm like, whew, I'm reading two books right now where they're in their 20s. I, I, All right. And I'll be on, I'm reading a book right now where both the characters are 21. And she, like, and the book is written very well where, like, they have, like, amazing sex. But I'm like, no 21 year old man knows how <laughs> no, to do that. No. I'm Mm-mm. sorry. Not the way that he does it, they don't. <laughs> that takes years of experience. So I want to flip it, though, and talk about favorite secondary character. Can I go ahead and do yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Okay. So for me, I'd have to say, or how are we pronouncing? Is it Maiva? Is that what we're saying? That's what I would say. Maiva. So her character holds such an interesting piece of lore that isn't in very many books, the like. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm calling it. The like. Okay. So according According to this book, the like is an undead sorcerer who specializes in necromancy. The book explains, and I quote, the one you call Maiva used to be a powerful witch, and she used that power to put her soul into a phylactery. I'm going to call it a reliquary from now on, because we know that's kind of what it is. The only way to kill a like is to break it. So we learned from Fallon that hundreds of years ago, Maiva sacrificed the children of some demons to feed her dark magic. When the demons retaliated, she then used her power to hypnotize the demon population and force them to live in an inhospitable area of the world. Then Maiva declared herself a goddess and convinced the human population that they needed to guard the pieces of her heart in exchange for her safety against the demons. Great propaganda. Right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So in the fantasy geek world, a light can be used as a general term for a corpse, but sometimes the creature is a result of willful transformation like that, like Waiva was. The difference between a like and zombies is that a like retains their intelligence and their supernatural abilities. Likes typically are trying to achieve immortality, just like our friend Maiva, by creating a soul artifact. And you said it perfectly earlier, Whitney, it's a horcrux. So if you are in any kind of bookish fandom, you know what a horcrux is from Harry Potter. And if you think about it, Voldemort is a like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is. Right. So we know that unless all the pieces of the soul are destroyed, you know, we learned this in Harry Potter, a light cannot be per- permanently annihilated mm-hmm. in any way. So a few fun facts about likes. The gate of a cemetery where a coffin is delivered is commonly referred to as the light gate. And the like is an archaic English word for corpse. Hmm. So next time you're in a cemetery, that's what that's called. Techni- number two, technically, Vecna from Stranger Things is also a like. A like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Number three, usually likes resemble skeletons, and if their eyes have rotted away, they're replaced with eerie pinpoints of light. Ooh. No, thank you. <laughs> right. So, 
Likes are a very common character in the game Dungeons & Dragons, and according to Gamer.com, most likes are usually created by a bigger, badder evil, which means that Myva may not be our big bad in this book. Ooh. And uh, number five, finally, likes can typically animate the dead, and spoiler alert here if you've not read What Lies Beyond the Veil, but Harper L. Woods, and I'm just going to say, fast forward 10 seconds if you don't want to hear this, Reading more about likes makes me wonder more about Estrella's character in the book, since we still don't know what she technically is, Mm. but we do know that she's fully not human. Her skin is changing into darkness, Mm. and we know she can animate corpses, which is a big thing that a like can do. That would be such a cool twist in the series. And if you haven't read What Lies Beyond the Veil, I highly recommend it. Harper L. Woods, it's a wonderful series. We're on book three or four, Wit. I think four. Yeah, and it's, there's two more books coming out in the series. But the big thing right now, even in book four, is you don't know what Estrella is. You yeah. think she's human, but she's having some very like type of tendencies. Like like tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Maiva, I mean, as much as I hate this character, obviously she's lied to all of mankind. What she is is not some something that you really see written very yeah, commonly. Very fascinating. Right. I mean, Voldemort is the most famous one, but he's not even really called that. Right. Yeah. But that, right. Is, that is what he is. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Food for thought. <laughs> I like the likes. <laughs> Who's your secondary character fave, Min? So mine is Brie because she's the sassy, somewhat serious foil to Cinnamon's hurricane sass is what I'm calling it. Uh, she tells Cinnamon to go home when she's too drunk and eating all her cheese. And then she points out that Sin and Fallon just need to bone and get it over with. <laughs> I loved that part. And I love that they bond over reading, like as good nerdy friends should. And that Brie prefers romance while Cinnamon prefers fairy tales and fantasy. I thought that was a sweet little But we're getting touch. all of that in this book, which is really cool. I know. See, we're the same person because I also said Brie <laughs> for the same reason. Oh, that's hilarious. Really? I mean, the, delicious. the beginning mm-hmm. of the story, you know, she tells uh, cinnamon to go home and she kind of like makes the whole start of the story happen right if cinnamon hadn't gone home she wouldn't have run into the demon right the whole story would not be happening but i will say though at the beginning of the book when she's like we're at this festival brie like let's go drinking and let's go have some fun and that's when i started thinking is this book about me (laughs) (laughs) and i did pick this book so maybe it is kimberly lemming stop looking through my window (laughs) (laughs) no i liked how brie was a romance reader too Uh, we talked about this with the realm of ash and shadow we like when our authors kind of I was going to say slide in. Um, <laughs> yes, we like that too. We like that you know, part too. When they, when they mention that the characters are also readers, I feel like it's a little like love letter to the readers. Cause obviously like, yeah. hello, here we are. You know what I mean? Um, I really enjoyed that a lot. I thought Brie was funny as well and delighted me at the beginning of the book. I hope like we get cinnamon. to see more of her. I know. I feel like, too. I feel yeah. like we will maybe, yeah. maybe well, she's in later books. Maybe. If not this one. Wait, I already said what my favorite quote was. It was the entire bottle of liquor in your skirt. So, But yeah. I want to know what yours is. Mine is from Fallon as well. And it's after he tells her, explains about Maiva, and she's not really a goddess, like here's what's going on. And he says to her, don't you just want to go feral? I loved that And like too. encouraged kind of that darkness and anger of like, really think about the information that you have right now and really feel yeah. the feelings that you need to feel. And I just really enjoyed that a lot. Also, I probably because I can relate to that. Yeah. 
Don't you want to just go feral? Yes. <laughs> yes sometimes, most days I do. Sometimes I do, right? <laughs> yeah. I, Again, I really I've never that. had the, you know, the, the, guy, the gator wrestler says, never had that calm. <laughs> calm, not calm. No, right? no. What about you, Mindy? So mine was something that Cinnamon says, only I wasn't traveling with a hero. No, I was the lucky sucker saddled with a villain. And then further on in that scene, when he's ashamed of doing the killing, she says, maybe I wasn't traveling with a straight villain. Perhaps he was just villain adjacent. I could work with that. I just love that take on morally gray. Yeah, I like villain that adjacent. Villain adjacent. Yeah. Describes a lot of our favorite Yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> it really does. What about questions you guys have moving forward to the second half of the book? My biggest question is, what's up with Fallon's mom? And how did she earn all of those red skull tattoos? Mm -hmm. I want to know more about that because I'm, I'm what I read into it is like, it's like prophecy stuff. Right. Mm, So I really want to know how her mom earned those, what her role is in the story. Cause that's too big of a, a tidbit to put in for it not to come. Cinnamon's mom. Yes. Yes, Sorry. I also want to know what other supernatural powers Fallon has because mm-hmm. he turned into a dragon for mm-hmm. crying out loud. Right. right. And then I, my big thing is I want to know if all of the, the demon slaves will be set free. And if so, what type of classism issues and bias they'll still have from the humans. That's a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What about you? Mindy? I also, one of my questions was about, uh, Cinnamon's mother and like I oh, want. I said Fallon's mom. I meant Cinnamon's That's mom. What, Sorry I wasn't, about that. I wasn't trying to be like a jerk, but I was literally like, I <laughs> did we meet I know, Fallon's like, mom? I literally, no, I don't remember I, anything. I didn't even. Oh, well, I didn't, said that. I was like, oh, I. What's said funny is I didn't even realize that you said Fallon. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like she has all those tribal tattoos, and there's a history with the past of her yeah. tribe. Like she was a warrior woman who teamed up with a werewolf to fight off a kraken. A uh, badass. And why does Fallon seem to favor her as someone worthy of revere, revering? Mm-hmm. That was an Ooh, that's a good that point. was an interesting a, twist. Yeah. Like, Question. what does he know about that yes. past? Yeah, and oh, well, he does almost like worship her. Yeah, like, yeah. You're, you're someone. He immediately like, sees her with the tattoos, and he zeroes in. On yeah, her. but yeah. Caesar is more than an equal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and he doesn't really like humans that much. So yeah. right, yeah, it's interesting. So that was one question I had. <laughs> this is a silly one, but like what the hell have her brothers been doing all this time when they travel to these cities? Like, how did they not notice the pet demons and come back and say, you should see what the fuck I they're doing. I think her point is, is that people, that people don't see it. Right. I guess. It's just the way that it is. It just like kind of pissed me off. I was like, they just go there and like, don't pay attention. Yeah. I do think it would be weird to not ever have a conversation about it, given that in your own town, demons are such a hot topic of like not, Right. Because they don't ever get there. You know what I mean? I would like think that's it would such at least a big come deal. up as like, hey, they've got demons and it's cool because they right. keep them yeah. chained up. Like demons Which not for being... the record it's not. I'm saying that yeah. out loud. Right. But you would think they would come back and say, Well, if we ever have demons, we can just turn them it Like leaves. it's so yeah. different from how they live. Like I just right. it seems like something that they would talk about. Right. I agree with you there. My biggest question, I think, is what is Fallon in terms of the hierarchy of demons? Because he says Mm -hmm. multiple times, like, I'm the The worst worst. or the the scariest or whatever. Like, nobody's going to attack you if I've claimed this town. And I'm like, is he going to be like king of hell or like king of the demons or something? Because the fact that he's a dragon is a big deal to the other demons, it seems. And like you're saying, he probably has a lot more power that we haven't seen. And I'm like, what is this going to mean? How did I not see the shift coming, though? Because you have a male demon that shifts into the werewolf. You have 
another male demon that shifts into the snake. Yeah. Why did I not go like, huh, I wonder what Fallon's... But I the book was so fast-paced at that point. I was yeah. like, ooh, I like, I'm so excited, honestly, to stop recording with you guys so I can go read the second <laughs> half of this book. Because I don't read ahead because yeah. I don't want right. anything to like cloud my questions or anything. But I like, didn't read ahead this time. I yeah. didn't either. So... It'll be an adventure for all of us. <laughs> what else are you guys looking forward to? Hopefully answers to our questions. <laughs> I wrote, I need some spice. I need some dragon demon dick. I wrote, <laughs> I wrote sex. <laughs> I also wrote cinnamon and Fallon getting it on. <laughs> we know where sex, our minds sex, are. Sex, sex, sex. <laughs> my other one though was, I hope that we get to meet Maiva and that cinnamon and Fallon get to have like a super epic battle with her. It's more than like just like the sludge. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, right. Ooh, that would be cool. Don't break my cup. <laughs> <laughs> my God. That's how I envision it happening. Did you have other <laughs> That's canon. you want to see? I mean, really, it's just the sex. <laughs> <laughs> I but no, see but also the significance. What he said he was going to do is what yeah, I want to see. The yeah. significance of Fallon being a dragon, being the worst, whatever right. that means. Like, I'm interested to see how that all plays out. Yeah, because if you're a shifter werewolf and a shifter snake, for you to be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, it's got to be something. I had a few little tidbits that I noticed that I thought were interesting to point out. First of all, the water dog that tries to take cinnamon and is believed to have taken her sister reminds me of the puka from Akatar. I thought that too. Oh, because nice. it looks like her sister until she looks behind it. Right. See, yeah. I thought about the silver flame scene in the bog. The, oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, the Kelpie? Kelp- is it Kelpie, yes, Kelpie. that takes yeah. Nessa? That's what is I, it, I wonder. I'll have to look this up because I think... And I could be wrong, but I think a Kelpie and the Black lo- Dog lore are very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they kind of did were very similar things. True. Right. And, that, similar and they're both in the water, too. I didn't even right. think about that. Yeah. That uh, connection. And then something else that I found very, very intriguing. So when you when they talk about male main characters scents usually it's a very woodsy or citrus or some kind of like that kind of scent. Well, when they describe Fallon scents, it's black currant and violet. Mm-hmm. which is very, very different from what, you know, we are used to seeing. And so I, I did a little, little teeny tiny, not deep dive, but a, a dive, shallow. a shallow, shallow swim <laughs> <laughs> um, into like kind of what violets and black current like represent or symbolize. Oh, yeah. And violets are believed to calm tempers and induce sleep. Some folklore says that if you want to attract love, you wear or carry a violet. <laughs> and in the language of flowers, the violet can also mean death. Ooh, so there's a whole gamut Love right there yeah. right well we just were talking to an author about how she write she likes to write about men looking for love not yes women looking for love yeah. so yeah and then the black currant berries they're said to give you courage especially if you're going on a quest oh. and they can also symbolize abundance and if you use powdered black currant it's also no, that's used in healing and peace and communication rituals Interesting. Hmm. So, we hmm. see what you did there, Kimberly. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was you know a little twist there. And then finally, the other whole thing I just thought was hilarious was that the brothel was named Pillage and Chill. I laughed <laughs> so yeah. hard at that. I, I definitely that laughed out loud. I laughed. The only other thing that I had as a tidbit it was just an, a moment that made me laugh where she saw his dick, his demon dick, and, like and she couldn't said look it was, away from it. Well, she said it was basically a weapon in and of itself. <laughs> 
that made me laugh a lot. Yeah. I enjoyed that. It was good. That I'm was, really yeah. looking forward to I'm really class. enjoying this book. I, I'm really enjoying it, too. Well, let's talk about our nerdiest things of the week. What's yours, Whitney? Well, I have two. <laughs> so one was semi-embarrassing. My brother and sister-in-law were in town and I, I know she's getting her PhD and I kept, I couldn't remember exactly what her discipline was. And I knew that it was two words that I like hadn't heard together and thought, well, that's kind of interesting. And in my brain, it was, um, sociological engineering. And I'm like, I don't think that's what it is, but that's what was in my brain. So I asked her about it and I was like, is that what you're studying? And she was like, no. <laughs> Did you also tell her you hate the fiddle? <laughs> if our if our um, listeners haven't listened to that episode, Whitney said that, and then she's like, "I play the violin." Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, that's back in season one. But no, she she's studying medical sociology, okay. which oh. is still see, two disciplines yeah, yeah. that I, I had see, not put together. I can see where you and I had sociology. You had yeah, but I just felt stupid. <laughs> um, so <laughs> hey, at least you're taking interest. Yeah, in what your exactly. Does, no, I'm, right, I'm, I'm trying. So then the other nerdy thing is that I actually have joined my family's fantasy football league Oh, for this season. That is different. Well, and that's what my mom texted me and was like, does Robbie want to do this? And I was like, he does. And I would also like to be included. Okay. If I, have to, I have to acknowledge something here. Cause again, I didn't know what a, what's that thing called with the poles? A field goal. I was going to say a tailgate. <laughs> No, that's when you get drunk before the game. I, I know what that is. Okay. Um, but I didn't know because in fantasy football, I was always like, so like you just pick some people and hope they like don't get injured or something. I didn't realize it was based off actual players. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that makes people. it way more interesting because I was like, why are you picking these people? And then a computer generates whether or not they hit a touchdown <laughs> or not. That's dumb as shit. But not the way the real way you do it is actually kind of cool. Yeah. See, my whole family is like, you want to be a part of fantasy football? Because I'm very like I told Robbie, I'm very sports dumb. Right. Like I, I've not, never been interested. I'm so smart when it comes to sports. I've never been like super into it. I don't care at all. Robbie is a huge sports guy. So when we Can were we dating. Can we point out that like during his, during his team's basketball games, if mm. they're doing well and he's sitting in a certain spot, oh, he, yeah, won't move. he won't move. Right. Yeah. Or he won't change the, um, the lighting, the volume of the oh, television. Like he's really intense. So I was sharing with him, uh, this might've been last year. So, <laughs> This is just a like a very big example of Whitney being sports dumb. So there's a thing in football, for those of you that don't know, there's a thing called special teams, which is like you're not really offense. You're not really defense. You have a more specific job, like the kicker that kicks the field goals mm-hmm. is a sp- part of special teams. Guys, for years, for years of my life, I thought that special teams were like people that needed extra help. <laughs> That there was some kind of like inclusivity program that football teams just. I, mean, I hope they. I hope they have that. I know that would be nice. I thought. I thought that it was like a uh, almost like a like a felon work program. Like <laughs> we'll give you a special. Task. I love you and, so uh, much. Right at one point, I asked Robbie about it, and he was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> 
so anyway, now I know what special teams is. So special teams are. I know. So what I a can field do goal fantasy is. football. Yeah. So you could do fantasy football. No, no you can fantasy. You can fantasy. <laughs> I'd rather fantasy about Fallon. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So I'm doing fantasy football, and I really want to be the person that comes in and doesn't know anything and wins the whole thing just by like dumb luck. What do you win? Nothing. Pride. Probably pride. just pride. Bragging I don't even rights. know. Some they might have like a, a buy in or something. I, I don't even know. Probably nothing. Just like remember that one time Whitney won fantasy football? <laughs> I mean you'll be like, Yes, yes I do. And yes. I'll I'll make you a certificate. <laughs> and I'll never do it again. If I win fantasy football, I will never do it yeah, again and be like I already leave won. that on a high yeah, for sure. Like, that'll never happen. But you know. Mindy, what's your nerdiest thing of the So week? I also had two ones really short. I I think several weeks ago I said I'm made my own cross stitch for yes. uh, pucking around and I actually finished cross stitching it and Yay. I got really excited. So I made another one based on pucking wild, which is the new release. Um, and I it's super that. cute. It's a, it's got a curvy feminine heroine nice. and I loved being able to kind of create that in a different, you know, have you sent them to Emily yet? I'm, I want to give them to her when we yes. go to lit. Like oh, I want to yeah, present them to her. I don't know. I know it sounds weird, but your highness, I'll be really, I'll be really embarrassed if she's like, uh, okay. Yeah, no, she won't. She'll love <laughs> no, it. She'll love I think it. she will. Yeah, she'll really love it. That's but great. my other one is that I was fortunate enough to snag a ticket to Readers on the Rival. <laughs> on the Rival. Readers on the River. Readers on the River. <laughs> there's, there's some Gator wrestling. <laughs> At readers, there better the not be. Although I'll know what to do. <laughs> yeah, run. <laughs> yes, run it, faster than their somebody else. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, readers on the river, which is a book festival here in Louisville, and by fortunate it's enough, words book festival. Yes, yeah. And by fortunate enough, I mean I had a friend. Shout out to Annette, Annette. who snagged them and offered me one because her daughter didn't want to go. <laughs> so I did what any practical nerd would do and spent entirely too much money on a bougie rolling cart with a bougie drink holder and phone pocket. <laughs> and I also snagged a spot at a table with one of the authors. So I'm excited about meeting and eating a plated lunch with Claire Contreras. That'll be really fun. Yeah. I'm really super stoked about it. Yeah. That'll be really cool. My nerdiest thing of the week is there is a listener that has messaged us multiple times. And I just want to give a shout out to her. Her name is Stephanie Hill. And she, we had posted about our podcast in one of the Sarah J Mass groups whenever we did Akatar for season one. And she had started listening and uh, she was so excited because she's like, I don't have anyone to talk about this stuff. And then when she found out we were doing a soul of ash and blood, she was like, Holy shit, you're like reading my stuff. And so, <laughs> you know, she was so excited about that. And she messaged me and she was like, I literally just finished a soul of ash and blood and Holy shit. Cass turns into a cave cat and Poppy wakes up finally, but then doesn't have to, but then we have to wait until another book. And she was just talking about how much fun that book was and how she loved finishing like that we're going to finish up the episodes that episode actually yeah. posts this week and how she couldn't wait for it and she just made my day so shout out to stephanie i love that we love you yeah. stephanie she's like an og listener yeah she, she is. is and then our friend um jen shout out to jen shout out to jen. jen had not met the two of you before we had <laughs> our nerdy single of the week a couple weeks ago was our 
our book club inflatable water slide drunken party that we had. And she literally won't stop. Like, she's so cute. She's like, I met Mindy and Whitney. And it was so <laughs> much fun. And now instead of just texting me every week when she listens to the podcast, she also texts the two of you, <laughs> which I love. And we love you, Jen. And yes. Like, thanks so much for being our hype girl. And you're so good for our you egos. And Stephanie. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Jen and Stephanie, you guys are the bomb. I mean, it's the podcast is a lot of work. And so, Seriously, any listener, yes, please message us. We love to yeah. hear from you. If you want us to do something different, if you like what we're doing, we love hearing from you. So yes, message, message us, email us, leave yeah. us a review, give us five stars. Yes, please <laughs> subscribe do. and we follow did, us. We did actually. So on Spotify, it's very similar. Like for Amazon authors, you have to have a certain number of reviews before it'll actually post your reviews. Yeah. And we finally got enough on Spotify. Yay! I noticed that the other day. Made me super Yay, happy. Us. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Thanks, we love you guys so much. Well, that's it for today's episode. Next week, we are going to finish the second half of that time I got drunk and saved a demon chapters nine through the epilogue. Can't wait. Yay. Oh, and Kimberly Lemming will be there yes. chatting yes. with She'll us. Be joining us. Yeah. So be sure to tune in. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.